right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your Women's Novel veteran. And I am the Virgin. And we're your hosts. And guys, this week, we've been doing these like summer movie specials. So this week, we watched a absolutely fantastic Netflix movie, 365 Days. And we knew that this movie was more than what just Clayton and I could handle. So we had to bring in somebody to help us discuss this masterpiece. Um, And so we brought in producer Patty. He's here with us today. Hello. I'm here to talk about this porno with you both. (laughs) Yeah, so you're giving this movie a lot of accolades right off the bat. You loved it. Yeah. I mean, is it a great movie? No. Is it a good movie? Probably not. But I do think if movies are about the promise of the premise, I think this movie delivers exactly what I wanted from seeing this movie poster, which was shopping trips, Euro tunes, and a lot of sex on a boat. Yes. And a lot of Euro tunes. This movie had so many music cues. It's insane. Before we get more into the movie, though, Clayton, can you just tell us what it's about? Okay, so uh, I'll try. So this movie (laughs) is about this is it's about Massimo, who is the son of a mobster who mafia man who gets murdered. The father gets murdered, shot in front of his eyes bullet goes through his father into him he nearly dies and as he's nearly dying he sees the vision of a woman right we never it's i don't think i I don't know maybe i wasn't paying attention close enough it's never explained why he sees her but after that moment five years on he is still searching for this woman and he runs into her and sees her and kidnap kidnaps her while she's on vacation and is like you've been in my dreams you have two you have 365 days to fall in love with me and then it doesn't take that long we don't know how long because even though it's a movie that's it takes like two months but the funny thing about this movie is that it's based on that premise 365 days to fall in love yet we have no way of keeping track of time like, they never on screen put, like, day 21, day... You know what I mean? Like, that mm-hmm. makes sense to me as a conceit if you're doing a movie where it's, like, you know, 500 days of summer. That's one that plays with time, goes back and forth. I understand that. But, like, at the very least, could we have, like, how long it actually took her to fall in love with him? Because it is way shorter. But we don't know how much shorter. Yeah, yeah they could have done, like, the seasons at least, like Rushmore. You know, like this is the fall yeah, they, they, of 365 days. We, we need to know because she's kidnapped on her birthday. So mm-hmm. we could have it like if we know when her birthday is that we could have Christmas celebrations. We could have Easter. We could have, you know, whatever yes. other Italian holidays are happening. I, I think this is besides the point, though. Also, it's like this movie. So this movie is also based on a Polish romance novel. So. That has not been translated into English. I noticed so, that. I was looking for a English translation, and you better believe there's going to be one now, I would think. Oh, 
has to be. It has to be coming out now. And I feel like this movie is also has been compared to Fifty Shades of Grey. And what I think I liked about this movie is that it did what Fifty Shades of Grey should have done. Like the th- the sin of Fifty Shades of Grey was it was so mind-numbingly boring because it was just about a contract negotiation and the sec and the two leads had zero sexual chemistry and there was very little sex which is like if you're going to tell me this is a sexy movie like I need to see something and I felt like this movie the leads were dynamic at least like you wanted to watch them they did have chemistry and then there was like a lot of sex like it delivered on what it said it was going to do but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I do think they actually had some sort of chemistry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pat, as a virgin mm-hmm. to romance, really, because you've never read a romance novel. What did you think of this movie? Because at first, when you were watching it, uh, you were texting with me and you're like, this is a weird choice for tropes. But it's actually kind of not because that kind of concept of like a guy kidnapping a woman that's been in his dreams and giving her 365 days to fall in love with him is like a great premise for a romance novel. I I guess I might have said that right at the beginning when I thought it was going to be more of a mafia movie because the opening scene starts with a, a the assassination of a mafia don. And so I thought, like, mm-hmm. oh, is this more is this more Goodfellas than it is romance? So that's when I thought it was weird. Once they once he kidnapped her, I'm like, oh yeah, this this tracks now. What is your thought on? This I loved movie? it. I thought it was great. You loved? Yeah, it. I loved it. You I loved I, it. I loved it, and I love the music. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't love well, the music. No, because the, so me and Aaron was, both oh, said was... we both we love the show Vanderpump Rules and the music mm-hmm. in this movie felt very similar to the way they use music cues in Vanderpump Rules, which is to just imagine you could make a song out of what the character should be thinking in that moment. Cause it's always like, okay, I've never been more happy to be on a boat. Pop, pop, pop. Like that'll be a song <laughs> or like time to go shopping in the, fancy store in this country like and that'll be a song so you think a song with these lyrics could be on vanderpump rules as well i like the way that you're looking at me i like the way it falls in between getting lost getting lost in me take a ride and you start to believe this is the time of our lives 100 percent. oh the time of our lives is what really sells it because if you want to know that your characters are having a good time, you better have a song that says they're having the time of their lives. Otherwise, I don't yeah, believe it. Yeah, that's a lyric yeah. in the in the title song of Vanderpump Rules, right? Isn't the refrain, yeah. is this, this is the, is time, the of our lives? time of our lives? These are the best yeah. days of our lives. I loved that it was, uh, it, it, it was an Italian guy, so I felt like this was a movie about me. You know, I felt very... <laughs> Uh, a kinship with Massimo. Well, d- how did you feel when people called him mozzarella? I mean, I get it. It happens. <laughs> and that's what motivates you to have sex on a boat. Okay. You know, and to All be right. in such killer shape and to have a, you know, giant mural of yourself uh, 
petting a lion. You know, you use those those insults as as motivation. Would you allow that painting of Pat with a giant lion? I mean, I would want it me. I know we don't do guess there are signs anymore, but like Massimo exudes such strong Leo energy that it's like shocking. Like he's such a Leo. And so when he when I saw that giant creepy painting with him and the lion, I was like, this feels right. I like this. I like this for Massimo. You you know what was interesting about this this movie is well what's interesting is he's like I won't do anything to you you don't want me to do and then he just does whatever he wants to her. He ties her up. He forces her to watch him get a blowjob. This guy loved his blowjobs. Mhm. He got so many blowjobs. This is more blowjobs than I've seen in a major motion picture. That was legitimately hilarious because he ties her to a bed and is like I'm going to make you so jealous. And then he brings in this woman who's like already fully glammed in like very expensive lingerie. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to like make this woman come and she's going to be jealous. He's at least going to like have sex with her. No, he just makes this woman give him a pretty forcible blowjob and then leaves like, aren't you so jealous of that? And I'm like, who would be jealous of that? Like, that's not the way that like blowjobs are fine but it's like that's not going to really entice somebody like don't you want to be sweating on this too no the funny thing about that scene is that he gets the blowjob from that woman and then he goes over to her and is teasing her and then he's like i'm gonna fuck you so hard but then i think in his mind he remembers oh wait i just came so i can't and then he was like, you have two hours to get ready to go to the club, which is a lot of time to get ready, which is fine. It it basically was like a softcore porn movie with higher like like higher production values. I mean, those those blowjob scenes and there were many were like intense. Like, how did they film those? The one with the stewardess at the beginning definitely was mm-hmm. very aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and you were seeing there was some kind of like uh, dildo or something going on there because you you definitely got there were frames where you could see it see it in her mouth. When you slowed down the frames, Pat, after Aaron went to bed, yeah. how many how many frames of actual 14. like staff did 14 you see? Frames <laughs> where you could see at least thirty percent shaft. Some man yeah. root was spotted by Pat, and it, and this is what producers do. This is the kind of stuff that that we we don't pay Pat to right, do. Right? No, because <laughs> we, we asked him need, to not. You do. may have needed those numbers for the audio edit somehow. See, we brought it up. Yeah. I asked, and yeah. you knew. So there yeah. we go. That's a but good no. Producer. There was there was it wasn't brown bunny level, but it was whatever that no. next category is. Yes. Um, I, I did find myself enjoying this film. I, like you said, I don't know if I could say it's good. I wasn't really like excited by it because it is very like soft core, but I mean, I want to see a sequel because there are diff- there are more books in the series, I believe. And there's no way. Okay, so spoiler. There's no possible way that Laura is dead. No. 
there's no way Laura and Olga, I think Olga got it. I think Olga's dead, which is her best friend. Because at the end of this movie, they drive through a tunnel and it's this whole thing. And you never see her come out of the tunnel. And he's just told by his advisor. And you see him just devastated because she was pregnant and all this stuff. But there's no way. Because he's, she's been kidnapped or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that there's a chance. Well, he doesn't know she's pregnant. She was going to go home to tell him. That's right. But then you know the next movie is going to be Massimo doing some taken bullshit, which is cool. Probably. Yeah, well, they already greenlit the second wow. film. Oh, you got it. This film was the number one movie on Netflix for like a couple, at least like 10, 12 days or something. Whoa. So it unseated the wrong Missy. It's a smash. Yeah. And this movie, it's also, it's like the people are impossibly beautiful. Like the set's gorgeous, but this movie is so, it is amazing to me. It's these incredibly short scenes where they're like four or five lines, then immediately a song montage like there was multiple like shopping montages that kept happening and i just thought it was very funny that they were like let's just go deep into like what the fantasy of this experience would be because i feel like i've read that this movie is getting a lot of blowback because it's like he literally kidnaps her and that's like bad but i think it's like people and the people who are old enough to be like watching this movie understand that this is like a little bit of like a fantasy like how a lot of sexual fantasies aren't things you actually want to have happen it's just sort of like in your imagination Mm -hmm. um and so i like that it really leans into well what would be the all the extensions of this happening yeah because i think we're more accustomed to things like this because of our romance reading that Mm -hmm. We like you said, we know it's not right, but as Whitney Houston said, it's okay <laughs> because we know it's fantasy and, that, and that's to fulfill a fantasy instead of living out a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I mean, this technically can't be described as a romance because it doesn't have a happily ever after, right? At least at the end of this film so you know that's what's interesting is that is that polish book actually a romance or is it an erotic thriller erotic thriller it wouldn't be a romance no right because but it's it's it has a romance conceit that's the thing that makes this an appropriate movie for us also the popularity of it we had to watch it and figure out what's what's going on with this thing yeah what's what's happening here and it's so tropey it has so many tropes there's even a masquerade ball at one point, which is a huge trope. Yeah. <laughs> so here's something I loved about this movie is how uh, how often he was naked and they would hide his dick with some kind of either an object in the room or someone else's head in the room being in front of his genitals. And it it felt very, uh, in a good way, very Austin Powers to me, you know, like to the point where I wondered maybe did they get the same cinematographer because it was really spot on the way they used objects to to cover just his crotch. 
Yeah, they really did show all the best parts of a man's body and and hid the the most awkward and disturbing, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a penis. Yeah. <laughs> because in that scene in the shower, which is a great scene where he gets up he gets up to take a shower. Wait, no, she gets up to take a shower. He follows mm-hmm. her in. And they, you know, they start showering or whatever. And then she's looking at his, his fonts and she's looking at it like she's very excited by it. And then he's like, do you want to touch it? And then she's teasing him. And then he, he grabs her by the back of the neck and pulls her in and is like, I'm not used to, I'm used to taking what I want. So you can't tease me like this. I mean, this is like a perfect alpha type of character that we've read in a ton of books where he's he's trying to become a better person through her by mm-hmm. saying listen like you can't do this i'm i'm messed up so you're you're messing with my primal need to have control so don't mm-hmm. do that now there's better ways for him to have done that you know sit her down uh write like a well thought out email uh, but instead he grabs her by the back of the neck, which is all like, I mean, that's the kind of the tropey stuff. And I can see why there's getting blowback about that because also there's, there's one thing to read that. And then there's another thing to see it, but that's just the kind of movie this is. Well, it really made me think about, you know, cause we talk all the time about like adapting romance novels for film and TV and what it would look like and everything. And it sort of showed to me the, massive difficulty in it because as I was watching this movie even the parts that I was like oh this is kind of gross or this is kind of disturbing like I understood that if I was reading this book if I was in her head or his head it would soften everything because I would know sort of how is she actually feeling in this moment how is he actually like what is he thinking like what are his boundaries but without having voiceover which i don't necessarily think this movie needed it's really really difficult to get that across in such a visual medium to know like internally what's happening so it made it where i think if this was a book or i mean this is a book i think probably if you read it it doesn't read as like upsetting as if you were to just watch it yes i totally agree but i do think I honestly think that if this was a book that we read, I probably wouldn't have loved it because of those no. elements. Because yeah. I do like an alpha, but I, I that that kind of possessive alpha is not my favorite. And the kind of physically aggressive alpha like that is not my favorite either. And, and yeah. we do see him soften a bit, but we don't really actually see him soften all that much in this movie. Well, weirdly, the him softening is him starting to get really judgy about the clothes that she wears, where he gets really mad when she like goes to a club in this like sparkly little dress, or he when they go to her family member's wedding, and, sh- and she's wearing a truly absurd dress to wear at a wedding, and I probably would say something to her too. She's wearing like a backless miniskirt sequin dress to a daytime wedding, which is just a look. But like that was sort of... I think that was supposed to be his, us seeing that he like cares more, that he's more like protective. 
I did not love that part of it at all where he is sort of becomes very judgmental of her body and like how she dresses because it also seems like she likes to dress a little bit more revealing which is fine and nothing that she was wearing that was revealing I thought was necessarily um like going too far even well, the dress at the daytime wedding it was more of a like location sort of thing than like the dress itself was beautiful where we're supposed to think that she falls in love with him or really softens on him is when they get into a fight on the yacht after that when 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 she was in the club and she was dancing with that guy and he got really aggressive with her and then I'm assuming that he killed that guy although we didn't see it weirdly because they're having but a I conversation think he says that. Yeah, why didn't we see that, number one? Show show me that. But then that starts a war, which I think ends up being the reason why she's in danger at the end. And they get in a fight, and she falls off the side of the boat because of him. And then right. he jumps in and saves her, and then she's like, you saved me. And then they have sex for 25 minutes on the boat, which is great. Because they cut from inside the cabin to outside on the deck. And then there is a section of that where you can very quickly see a crew member from the boat either steering the boat or doing some sort of mopping of the poop deck or something while they are doing their 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 acrobatic sex, which was really funny. So look for that little moment. I knew Pat's got that screenshotted. But... Uh, that was really funny because then after that, she's like, okay, I'm his. This is it. He saved my life. But he caused all of the reasons why you would be in danger. Yeah, it does not make sense. But that's romance. Her, yeah. I mean, right. that's not romance. Like, I don't want to, like, diminish it by saying that's romance. But the 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 core of this movie is about their love so there has to be an inciting incident where she becomes enamored with him i feel and not to drag a whole subgenre of romance but i feel like this 50 shades of gray a, a few other books that are about this like super alpha possessive stealing a woman thing end up being i think they are a very like juvenile sense of what love is and so then where it's like, I expected her to fall in love with him because he would reveal something about her. He would be vulnerable in front of her and she would see that part of him. Or he would do something kind for her. And it happens because he saves her from drowning after she falls like a lead balloon. And I think it's like, yeah, that's not realistic. That's not how you fall in love with somebody. So it's. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's par for the course and it makes sense within this universe that we've created. Like if all of like if all of these romance subgenres exist in the same universe, then within this weird universe of men capturing women, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But in any other universe, it doesn't make sense. Like them falling in love. It's maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, maybe it's just she sort of likes the lifestyle. Maybe she just thinks he's really hot. He's probably very good at sex. So it's like, uh, but them having an emotional connection, it's like, no, I never bought that they actually had an emotional connection. Yeah. Like, because then towards the end, she's in Poland. 
and he shows up and they have sex again and he's got bruises all over his chest and he says like i sold it or something did you follow that that was a confusing thing like and then she's like i love you and he's like i love you too right i thought he had to like fight people and so he was fighting people and that's why he sent her to warsaw and then he showed up and she sees all the bruises and she like gets off on that yeah the 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 mafia business storylines in this were were definitely a little unclear and maybe they're saving that for the second one to be a lot more about the mafia um now that they're already in a relationship and yeah it was it, it was it's funny how the thing that they put in this movie to make him seem noble is that his mafia family would not get involved in a child uh, sex slavery ring. Like that was the first scene of the movie where basically the, the, the Godfather was killed because he wouldn't agree to take sex slaves or traffic sex slaves. And so that was what sets him up as well. He's a mafia Don, but he's, he's one of the good ones. He's not the sex slavery ring, even though then the next thing he does is kidnap a woman um, but like she was a, of it, the age of consent for kidnapping, I guess, in the in this movie's logic. But I I love that that was what set him up as the hero was he would not do sex trafficking. Although it's really funny because that was at the beginning, and the dad was talking to him Massimo about it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do it, but we can't be rude to these guys because they're still business. Right. They're sex. They're sex slavers. But, you know, they're they're our associates. You know, we're going to have to make a deal with them on something like we're going to have to, you yeah. know, have a, a gambling enterprise with them. They might come back with something that's a little bit less unsavory right. for us. Right. Yeah, we don't want to offend the, the sex slavers is, is, is what the, the dad's advice was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. That was like the little tip to here's your hero. He's not. <laughs> That's the save the cat <laughs> moment. The save the cat. Also, is that really save the cat? Because his reaction wasn't like, I'm going to stop you from doing this. It was just like, I don't want a piece of it. I'll forego yeah, my, yeah. My, uh, my, my cut on, on that. This, but carry on. Hey, Aaron, let's take a moment to talk about Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. It's hassle free vitamins and supplements delivered straight to you. Care Of has an easy online quiz that helps you find the vitamins and powders that will support your specific health goals, like improving your fitness routine or managing stress. So we took this quiz. Right, which was absolutely fun. It was a lot of fun. I love taking these online quizzes to learn a little bit about more about yourself. And this one, it was fun to think of, like, what do I need to improve? What would I like to get out of my vitamins? Yeah, because they ask you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle. So, like, how is your sleep? And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how often do you work out? Do you have a specific diet? And so we did this and we got our vitamins and I got nine vitamins. And I got two. So. And we have been talking about this nonstop ever since because. So I, I feel it, like 
it's better to have only gotten two because it makes me feel like I'm a complete mess. <laughs> that they're like, we need all aspects of your life. Let's improve it. And then they send you nine. And I got just two. Yeah, they were like, so- do we need to go to this guy's house? Is everything okay? <laughs> It's cool because you get all your vitamins at once and then you can take them, uh, you know, once a day. It's like super easy to remember to take them. Exactly. I have them just right by my coffee pot. And actually this morning while I made my coffee, I also took my vitamins. I felt very grown up, very adult. Um, I take them for hair and nail growth. So my nails and my hair are going to be looking good. That was also one of my problem areas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you want to start subscribing to Care Of... We've got a great deal for you. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com. That's T A K E C A R E O F.com and enter the code TROPES50. So that's T R O P E S 50 for 50% off and start taking your vitamins. Can we talk a little bit about Laura's ex or the the guy that she was kidnapped away from? This utter Martin. tool. Could they have picked a more like toadish looking guy than this dude? I mean, she is gorgeous and this guy was like a lump. But I feel like those are also the guys that girls like Laura end up with more often than not. Because... They're just have this inflated self sense of self. And so they are just like, yeah, I know that I am difficult to look at, but I am <laughs> going to go for the hottest woman in the room because I deserve it. And then it's like, what is Isn't that like the uh, pickup artist thing? Like eventually you win one. He, he sucks. And it, well, it is just he's such an obvious like you see why coming from Martin that then you met Massimo and you'd be like, I guess I'll give up my freedom and just yeah. fuck this guy on his boat forever. He takes me shopping. It makes yeah. sense. That was great. That was great. Those shopping montages were really fun and satisfying. And I love too, that she was just like, well, I am going to take advantage of this and just buy a ton of clothes. So it's like, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Well, she did push him a lot. Like that scene where, She's eating the ice cream cone very seductively. And he's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And she's just licking it and getting it over her face. And then she's like, I'm hot and bored. That's so great. Oh, I'm hot and sticky no, she or something. I'm, and then she, she said bored, which was so funny. To, yeah. to have someone say, I am, as an adult, I am bored. <laughs> Fix that. I am bored. <laughs> <laughs> and then she she swims in the fountain. Another scene we don't see. We only see the after that's such, effects. That's of- such a great joke. That cut is so funny when he's like, don't, he's like, is she getting in the fountain? And the other guy's like, she's getting in the fountain. And then there's a cut to him and her both being soaking wet so that you've you've got that, that uh, thought of, oh, he had to jump in to get her out of there. Yeah, that you're right. That yeah, does no, that's, work. That's, that's that is like funny. a great, great joke. Like whoever edited this movie uh, is very funny. That yeah. in their great cutting around the the man mm-hmm. route. I mean, mm-hmm. who is this guy? We've got or girl. It could be. We got to look. This I mean, person it up. does make me feel like this is this person is Austin Powers related because they're very funny. 
They're great at covering uh, uh, genitals. I feel like someone from the Austin Powers franchise worked on 365 Days. That's my guess. I'm not going to look it up to confirm or disconfirm, but... Jay Roach, Ghost, directed Possibly. this film. He did a few... He did He did uh, dick obstruction mm-hmm. pickups. Yeah, they had, like, brought, brought some Austin Powers people in for second unit shots. Yeah. And by unit, you mean yes. his unit. We... <laughs> the second the unit unit <laughs> the second unit. yeah the unit unit <laughs> hey everyone it's becky feldman here and i am too stupid to live and do you want to hear something crazy i also host a comedy podcast called too stupid to live how did that happen I have no idea. Um, anyway, on Too Stupid to Live, I am joined by some hilarious guests where we review romance novels $5 and under. And we have covered the gamut of romantic fiction, from historical romances to dinosaur erotica. Which, you know what, now that, now that I think about it, I think that's like also a historical romance. Um, Anyway, each episode, we go on this engaging journey. Um, I've had Sarah McLean, the fabulous author, talking about the power of romance to Nick Weiger of the Doughboys podcast, reading a sexy excerpt in the voice of Elizabeth Holmes. That one still gives me very sexy nightmares, but I just can't get enough. Um, So TSTL puts out two episodes a month, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Pat, so you have the Wikipedia up. I Have you found my favorite bit of trivia about this movie yet? Well, can I guess? Yeah, you have to guess. Guess what it is. I'm going to guess. Is it the fact that the lead of this movie, who plays Massimo, sang four of the songs? <laughs> yes! That's so fantastic. Oh, that's great. That is the voice of him singing over most of their sex scenes. Oh, that's so cool. One of them is called Hard For Me. He sang Hard For Me. He sang Watch Me Burn. He sang, and that's during the shower scene. And then he also sang Do It Like That. And he sang Dark Room and Feel It. Those are the songs. That's fantastic. Well, I always love to just imagine the conversations happening behind the scenes where he's like, I booked it. And then he comes home and he's like talking to his girlfriend. He's like, you know what I think? What if I ask him about the if I can sing for some of these? And she's like, I don't know, babe. Uh, You know, you did just book it. Like, should you really do that? And he's like, I don't know. I think I should. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to ask. And like his girlfriend's like, oh, fucking. All right, let's see. He's going to say no. And then she says yes. And then he ends up singing five songs for the thing. And it's so you think it's like he slipped the director his CD. Oh, 100 (laughs) percent. Yeah, because he did. I mean, he is a he had an album, I think, before this. And one of one, at least one of those songs, I think, is from that album. Then, well, then that's great. Did is it was it the opposite that he was like, oh, they want some of my songs for this movie. Do you think I should audition for it? I think he definitely said I'm in it and I sing or I'm not in it at all. (laughs) That was his negotiation. Yeah. He said, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to sing the songs over all of my sex scenes. Or I don't do it. Yeah. Or you cannot see my schlong. Because here's the thing. Patrick Swayze is a guy who who sang songs 
in his own movies, too. She's like the wind in Dirty Dancing. He sang that song. And Raising Heaven in Hell Tonight was uh, a song he sang in Roadhouse. So there's precedent for well, this. He is he is our Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze's our Patrick Swayze, but Massimo Italy's is Patrick Swayze. I think Michelle Michelle Marone is Italy's Patrick Swayze. Italy Swayze. So so mm-hmm. we we mentioned at the top that obviously there's going to be a, a direct sequel to this in the you know the the Polish movie, but. We did talk about how there there really should be a straight up Hollywood production of this material. Who who are who could you cast in this movie? Like who's the American stars? And then does it have to be a Harry Connick Jr. type <laughs> as Massimo so that he could both sing the song and play the part? <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. is like sixty. No. no, no, yeah, but that's Pat Singer, songwriter, actor. That's his reference. He saw hope say, floats, and he was like, "I'm not moving forward." To me, he is still he is 33 years old forever. He's he's etched was in it amber. Art Garfunkel an actor? Didn't Art, Gar- Art Garfunkel act in Catch 22 and a bunch of Mike Nichols movies? He might be good. Yeah, I mean that. that How works. old is Art Garfunkel? Or like Mick Jagger. <laughs> Mick Jagger as Massimo, but who? Yeah, how how can they do this? They're like, uh, which I think they could because like Fifty Shades was just a massive hit that I'm sure Hollywood wants to do this movie now. I will go out on a limb here and say I would be hard pressed to find a American or English actor. Because they always pick mm. English actors that do American accents that could be sexy enough to do this. Like, the one guy I would want to see as a Massimo type character is Oscar Isaac. I could see him having that sort of heat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, yes. No. The only American that I think could do bring me that Massimo energy is. And he's a little old, but Joe Manganiello, because he's Italian, he's cut, he's handsome. Uh, that's tough though, because he's such a bad actor. Like he's yes. really cheesy. Like you would want to make this something that's a little bit respectable, and he's just kind of not. I mean, no offense to him. I this sounds really rude, but. He is a level of, he's like a C level, where someone like he's, Oscar Isaac is an A level. Oscar, I'm sorry, Oscar Isaac. He's attractive in his own way, and I don't want to come down on anyone who does find him attractive. I loved Inside Llewellyn Davis, but he's not sexy. Oh, there's so many people that are going to disagree. This is, you know, what this is. This is your Colin Firth moment. Yes. You're blinded. This is you. No, I'm not saying that he isn't sexy categorically. Like he's he's handsome. If you have a crush on him, I get it. Is he ma- is he bringing me that Massimo energy? No, he's not Mafia Don. Did you see? Ex- he's not Mafia Don type. Like I get it. He's not nebbish, obviously, but he's a little bit more like 
indie nerd cool than he is like hulking you know uh just like walking blowjob cool well actually this actor is five one really massimo no oh i was gonna say that would change my whole worldview (laughs) yeah laura is four three by the way i thought she was very sexy she's very Mm -hmm. sexy totally i I I think that you could Oh, yeah. I think you could find a woman to play Laura before you could find a Massimo. I agree with that. I think I will come out and say the men in Hollywood are not bringing the heat. No. Who do we cast? I think what's in style now for men's beauty is not like a rugged, sexy mafia don with cum gutters. There's just a dearth of cum gutters in Hollywood right now, and it's well, no, upsetting. No, I think there are plenty of cum gutters. I just feel like they're not, they're, they're not earned. They seem, Mm-mm. they seem gym made. They don't seem like they were made out in the field. You know, like right. doing the work. You know being a being a dawn and going out there and getting dirty. Right. You know, like it's a lot of guys who get in shape to do their next Marvel movie, you know? But the, yes. but you don't feel like they're actually around, like, hulks. It's like you're yeah. not, like, are they going to have, like, Kumal Nanjiani play Massimo because, like, he got in shape for the, you know, the Marvel movie that he's in? Exactly. Well, you- like, I feel like Kumal and I feel like Chris Pratt, like, them being at their peak physical condition you can see the work yes. that's going into that. You see all the protein that they're eating. And you also know this isn't going to last because they've had to work very hard to get there. I commend them for it. And they're both very handsome. But like for Massimo, I imagine this is just his natural. Like, yeah, this is where he, he, swims he enjoys wine. He eats prosciutto. He eats cheese. And this is right. what we get. Right. He's not doing his workouts on Instagram. He's like getting fit from like punching rivals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah who would play who could play her in an american recasting i feel like there are so many who could play her like i think there's a lot of beautiful women in hollywood and i think that that wouldn't be as difficult to do how old is linda fiorentino she would be great in this yeah who's linda florentino oh god how dare you Wow. That's all that I matters. I need to show my wife The Last okay. Seduction. You've got... It's on HBO oh, Max. Nice. I, I already have it on my watch list. Let's be real. <laughs> That's on the After I Go to Bed watch list, which is just a different hidden watch Good night, babe. <laughs> Good night. I'm just going to... Oh, I'm just yeah. going to watch some SportsCenter. <laughs> yeah. Don't mind when I uh, moan about how good these clips from the sports are (laughs) i love to just moan at a good slam dunk (laughs) well also one other thing speaking of uh sports uh and then the music in this movie there were a few sound cues a few music cues one in particular that i thought would have been great to close an episode of the michael jordan last dance documentary like there was one song that was based like i'm done playing games I'm going to light everyone on fire. And I was like, oh, if this ended an episode of Last Dance, I'd be so psyched right now. Do you mean here comes the thunder? We going to bring the rain? I ain't playing games? 
Was that, that the, uh, yeah. the song it sounded, you were speaking it, of? It was an amazing song that could both score like a sex scene on a boat or a Michael Jordan dunk on Carl Malone. Or was it this uh, song that had these lyrics? I'm going to light like fire. I'm coming down like rain. Going to break down barriers. Going to play That's, through the that pain. That was the one. Yes. That was the song. That was yeah, the one. That was is perfect. This this, Yeah, this movie is great. It had all these elements of other things I like too, which is like softcore pornos, Austin Powers movies, Michael Jordan documentaries, uh, mafia movies. It was sort of like a little bit of Goodfellas in there. Yeah, hopefully we get a little bit more of the mafia stuff in the well, next in movie. In this movie, one thing that uh, – and it might have been what led to – the ending is he was spending so much time on his romance that he was, it didn't seem to be tending to his business at all. And, you know, from what we do know of mafia uh, characters, usually it's the other way around where they sort of uh, in a bad way, disregard their relationship and their family because they have to spend so much time in their business. And Massimo, I think kind of put himself in a spot where the other mobs, were able to make moves because he was just getting blown so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. like the other mobs are like, we all get blown. We love to get blown. We love to, you know, have sex on boats and stuff. But we can't, we can't do it as much as we'd like. Whereas Massimo yes. was just like, most of my day will be spent getting blown. And I just am not going to, I'm going to ignore my, my business. It really, it really does speak to moderation being the way to go in all things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, like you said, you've got to, you know, you got to take, you got to take care of the business and get blowjobs on the side. It can't just be blowjob, blowjob, right, blowjob, right. or like fifty-fifty or something like. Because yeah, I like most mafia movie characters; they don't pay enough attention to their partners. Um, but I think this shows that, you know, there there has to be a more even divide. But I will say that the the blowjobs did serve a purpose to show that this is a man who was only being serviced. Mm-hmm. He was not in the service of anybody mm-hmm. else but himself. And that's why when he ties her up and he's like, check this out. That's such a it makes him look stupid. Mm. And I think it's supposed to make him look stupid because, like you said, Aaron, that's not going to I mean, it turned around a little bit, but that's not the way to, like, turn a woman on to be like, do you see how I can receive pleasure? (laughs) Look how good I am at receiving pleasure and giving nothing back. Aren't you excited by this? Then when he finally goes down on her on the boat that's like such a huge moment for him because he's trying to pleasure her. And then that's another reason why she falls in love with him too. Not just saving, not just saving her life. But then she had that cool hat that just said Paris on it, which I want. So if anybody has, if anybody has a a, a version of that hat that they want to send me, I will wear it. Oh, it'll replace my babe hat, which I am now currently wearing. The babe hat, which I got at an event and gave to you as a joke, because I was like, you love merch. Here's a here's a yellow hat that says babe on it. And then you have worn it nonstop for two years. Absolutely. 
And I don't yeah. even know if the company's still in business. It doesn't. It's irrelevant. Do you ever get questions about the Bay Pat? I, I've gotten questions about the Bay Pat. I might. I'm. I'm gonna <laughs> probably wear it during the live episode. So we'll see if I get an actual question about the Bay Pat. Oh yeah, the live episode is happening tomorrow, everybody, and there are still. The tickets are free, but you just have to reserve a spot. So you just have to reserve your spot through Eventbrite. And we have the link on our Twitter and we have it in Instagram. And if you're part of the Learning the Tropes troop, it is there as well. Or you can just search Learning the Tropes and Faded Mates in Eventbrite and we show up. So that's a little plug. But yeah, if anyone has a pink hat with big block letters saying Paris or across the front, Clayton's birthday is in August is all I'm going to say. Yes. And I'm a Leo. (laughs) We're all Leos. This is the lion's den. Oh, that's what we should call this. When we do a spinoff podcast, that's the three of us. We got to call it the lion's den. (laughs) No, I don't believe in astrology, so I won't be part of that. Wow. This guy. Oh, my God. Real mozzarella. I have an astrologer, and Pat refuses to acknowledge that it exists. Olga. Olga, her best friend, right? Or her sister, who is Olga to her? Her best, best friend. friend? And and possible girlfriend? They kiss at one point, right? Yeah, there was a lot of sexual tension between her and Olga, and I didn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just really close, and they show their closeness by, you know, you know, snogging here and there. But she's very uh, flippant with, you know, she's throwing around those Italian slurs a little bit. I mean, she says the yeah, W well, word. She drops the W She's a firecracker. Bomb. You know, she is your best friend. The best friend in these is always like a little bit more coarse. She's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, starting some trouble. Um, yeah, I think I think that's and I think that's a great part for somebody in in the eventual American remake of this movie. Sarah Silverman. Sarah, yeah, we're 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 casting this in a very specific generation. I'll say, because um, I was thinking, I'm like Janine Garofalo. Like, this is a this is a, a a good Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Schumer vehicle. Team them up for that side of this remake. Oh, so Amy Schumer plays Amy, Olga. Amy Schumer plays Olga. J Law plays uh, uh, Laura. And then we just got to find you know. some, some stud to play Massimo, which is that you're right. That's the harder part. But I think, yeah, J-Law and Amy Schumer as Laura and, well, because and, and Olga. Yeah, that's actually a really good mm-hmm. casting. And you're right, the guys. And I do think it's like those Marvel movies have desexualized things so much, you know, because you look at those films and you can't imagine anybody having sex yeah. with anybody. Even Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow just seem like best buds. What about, because mm-hmm. uh, we're all fans of this show, what about uh, Brian Cox, for, who plays Logan on Succession? Uh, are we talking a de-aging situation? I think or? just as is. He's just, he's just, but he's got that heat. Yeah. Energy. He has the energy that uh, that Massimo yeah. has. Yes. Energetically, it's perfect yeah. casting. If you could just like, like switch his uh, sexuality into the body of Chris Pine, then you've got something. You know. 
when in Hollywood will body transplants be the next big thing? I'm sure they've been working on that since the 50s. Do you think someone like Rip Torn's brain is in a in a bottle somewhere just waiting for like a hot-bodied young right. dude to get in a car accident so that they can reclaim his body and then put Rip Torn's brain in Possibly. it? Possibly. I think that's a possibility. Yeah, we got to this is a great thing for emailing mm. us or in the troop is come up with your casting for the American version of this film. Yes. And turn us on to some hot young studs because we are totally drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't think of who yeah. it would be. But yeah, the troop. Save us. Save us in the troop. Come up with your, your dream cast. But yeah, I think J-Law and Amy Schumer, I think they, they solve that side of the equation. And then a lot of the <laughs> guys that we've been thinking of for Massimo could slide into the role of his advisor, Mario. Yes, because his advisor, Mario, is more the age group that we have yes, been casting. Yes. So that's where you get Brian Cox in there. Oh, yeah. great. Got to get yeah. Cox in there. All right. Well, is there anything else to say about this movie? I mean, is it a must watch? Yes. it's a, If you're a romance fan, this is a must watch. I can't wait for the sequel. I'm so excited for the sequel. I know. I'm looking forward to that in season two of Virgin River. Oh, yeah. Did they film Virgin River? Are we getting it or are we going to have to wait for after quarantine? I don't know. That's a great question. But if you have not watched Virgin River, I would say definitely watch that and then listen to our Virgin River episode, which started a controversy. What about Charmaine? Mm hmm. Well, that led to also Charmaine tweeting at us. Which was the joy of my life, which was very funny. Well, we need to get her on the show when season two happens. Yeah. We'll reach out to her for sure. I think she'd be down for it. Yes, absolutely. She seems like an amazing person. So, yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, where can they find us? So you can always uh, email us, learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, and then we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop, which you can always come join. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like we're going to be doing some fantasy casting there soon. Um, also, like we said, tomorrow is our live zoom taping with faded mates it's gonna be a lot of fun we have games we have a lot of ideas um i think it's gonna be a great show uh so that is thursday june 25th at 8 p.m eastern um like i said you can get uh the link to reserve your spot through our twitter our instagram on the troop you can email us we'll email it to you um, and then finally, uh, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Bye. Pat. Stay safe. Bye.